Welcome to Talk Money, and now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, welcome to today's Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You know, the coronavirus has now killed more Americans than Pearl Harbor attack, the 9-11 attacks, and the Iraq and Afghanistan wars combined. That's dominated the media for over a month. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, it's important. It's critical. We we seem to have signs that the pandemic is flattening in some regions, and that has given some hope in selected areas of the economy that we could get this all big engine started back up again. Tennessee Governor Bill Lee has indicated, and I appreciate the fact that he has that we're going to he's going to allow businesses to go back to work. By the end of next week, of course, you know, as I do, flexibility is the key word here. It may change, but that's a good sign. But over the last four weeks, folks, you know this, the number of jobs lost has exceeded the total number of new jobs gained since the end of the Great Recession. The weekly trend of unemployment claims translates into an unemployment rate. Ready for this? The Department of Labor is saying is 18 percent. And some people believe that it could rise as high as 20 to 25 percent. Rusty Leonard is here to help us with the economics, the investment side. He's going to, you know, just walk us through it as he always does and does a great job helping us understand that. Before I go to Rusty, though, we're going to be talking about a problem that I hate to talk about. I really do. But it's happening all over our country, state and in our city. The scammers are calling, texting, tweeting, emailing, you name it. And they're using COVID-19 to catch you off guard. According to the Federal Trade Commission, consumers have lost $5.8 billion, million, excuse me, million dollars to COVID-19 schemes. And the average amount taken from people, $600. I've got Nancy Crawford. She's going to be talking to us how to avoid and what to do that. But first, let's talk economy. Let's talk investments. Rusty Leonard, Stewardship Partners, President and Founder and CEO. Welcome to the program, sir, my dear friend. And as always, good to have you this morning. And always good to be with you. Thanks very much, Jim. Let me ask you this, and I want to leave because I'm talking about this idea of the coronavirus and all the stuff's going on. What what are you seeing with the virus? Does it look like we may have passed the worst? And, and is, in your opinion, how do you see it? Yeah, I, I definitely think uh, that the, we've passed the worst of it uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, really, was the peak. Uh, obviously, there are still deaths being reported, and that will continue for some time because the, when you look at the dynamics of this uh, virus situation, the deaths are kind of a lagging indicator. What you really want to look at is hospitalizations to get a good indication of, you know, whether we've passed the peak. And it appears in most country and really around the world, we're well past the peak. And so things are getting better. Uh, the, the press, of course, usually focuses on the worst thing they can uh, to highlight it and get everybody's uh, blood pressure up. But the fact of the matter is the, the virus is on the downswing right now. And so we can be encouraged by that while still being worried because there's, there's still worries out there that it could rebound. 
You know, Rusty, you made a comment a couple of weeks ago, and I've used it a dozen times. The media does a great job of putting the blood in the streets. I thought, I mean, yeah. All right. I, that's exactly the case here. So what about the fact that we've seen over the last couple of weeks that the market has had a big bounce? I mean, it's it's moved up, and it's one of the biggest since the Great Depression. Does that make it any sense with what's going on with the economy and the shutdown? Or are people thinking that this is um, the end of the, the downturn or the stocks? Why are they doing better then with the economy still in trouble. So here's my question. Some say the worst is yet to come. How does Rusty Leonard see it? Uh, in terms of corporate earnings and all that, yes, uh, the worst is yet to come. We're going to be reporting quarter one results, which aren't going to be terrible because most of the virus impact is going to be in quarter two. But the market looks at it from a completely different perspective than the average uh, reporter. Markets look at it and say, okay, we, uh, we were down 35%, one of the biggest sell-offs uh, ever, in uh, from in a very short period of time, record-breaking time to get down 35%. The market discounted that bad news back in March and actually started recovering back in late March. So the recovery in the stock market, as always, is faster than the recovery you're going to see elsewhere because the market's looking ahead. And it's saying, eh, we're going to take a gut punch for a quarter. But after that, we're going to kind of get back closer to normal. And before long, we'll be at you know probably better than where we were uh, when, when this whole thing uh, happened. So back in 2021, the market's looking at 2021 and saying, we're probably going to have pretty decent earnings there. And so this is offering us an opportunity to buy stocks at a cheap price. So let's jump on it. And so that's what you're seeing, these bumps. I mean, volatility is still very much present, but there is the trend. As you say, it's, it's cheap. We're buying stocks on sale. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I always like to say people people in our business, the only place it's the only place in the world where people run out of the store when things are on sale instead of running into it, right? Exactly. <laughs> but people are, running, people are running into the store right now uh, because things are on sale. And part of that reason is because the Federal Reserve has pumped so much liquidity into the market. So there's just a lot of, lot of uh, cash flowing around in the financial markets. It's got to land someplace. Because well, of what the Fed has done. Okay, so that le- that leads me to this question, Rusty, and I think it's on everybody's mind. Giving a sense about how the massive amount of this government stimulus is, and has Congress, I mean, this is like, and now we're going to pass another one. Senate passed it yesterday, last night, and now Congress is probably going to finish it up, and we're going to send more money. In. Tell me what you think. This is a problem. Do we see it? Today, in the future, what's your thoughts on the stimulus package? Yeah, the Congress is behaving like the proverbial drunken sailor at the moment, just spending all their money and and everybody and our you know descendants' money uh, very very quickly here without giving any thought to it. But uh, in the short term, that's all very positive, right? Because that's throwing a lot of cash into the economic system. It's causing people, in some cases, many people who have received their $1,200 or $2,400 payment, you know, they're still working. It's a bonus to them. It's, it's not something that's a, a life-saving thing. For some, it's a, it's a lifesaver where they have some money in their pocket where they wouldn't have otherwise. But for many, between unemployment benefits that have been jacked up considerably and the uh, $1,200 payments, uh, you know, they're seeing themselves in a better financial position than they would have been otherwise. So uh, it's kind of a unique situation, and uh, it's intentionally that way. The government obviously is trying to keep the economy uh, together. And when you see, you know, farmers dumping milk, you know, into the ground and, uh, you know, tearing up their vegetable patches that they would otherwise sold and, and the oil price going negative and various other things, there's all kinds of dislocations going on. The government's doing its, its best to, uh, to offset that. However, 
It's all with borrowed money and printed money, essentially. The Federal Reserve is ultimately buying this, so it's really uh, just you know, made-up money. And uh, there will be a price to pay for that in higher taxes at some point in time. This is very similar. The amount of money that's being spent right now is very similar to the amount of money that was spent during World War II, and the deficits are rising to the levels, uh, the peaks the, you know, that we hadn't seen since World War II. And so it's going to be fascinating to see how we work our way out of that. Uh, and then we can work our way out of it, but it will involve higher taxes uh, over time to pay some of this down. You know, a lot of people talk about the debt payment and the GDP and how that works together when it gets out of line. You know, the people, the fear begins to get into that and stuff. So it, when you talk about higher taxes, do you see that as the the only problem we'll have long term? Or is that going to be the big problem? I mean, you know, this is a when you think about it, there's a lot of fiscally responsible people that talk about we are literally setting a, a major trap for our children and grandchildren. So do you see that too, Rusty? I mean, this is a problem that I think we may not pay the price, but it will be a price at some point. I think we, even we will pay some price. Uh, and because it's jumped up so much um, in terms of the debt to the to total uh, size of the economy, uh, that's going to cause you know, a certain percentage of the population to be very fearful. There'll be increased demand for gold. Uh, and things of that nature. But it's very it's a complex situation. For instance, those who are thinking, you know, I'm going to put all my money in gold right now because of the, all this money printing should also be aware that uh, the gold price can be affected by the deflationary aspects of this shutdown, this economic shutdown. So it may not be that gold uh, kicks into high gear until some, somewhere further down the path. Uh, also, it's good to remember that in after World War II, the debt was through the moon. It looked as bad as it you know, looks now, maybe a little worse than it looks now. And the 1950s were one of the most prosperous times in our nation with low inflation and good growth. And we were able to pay that debt down. Uh, so if we make the right choices, that's, uh, that's asking a lot of our congressmen. <laughs> but if we make the right choices in the, in the years to come, this does not necessarily have to spin off into a, a big economic disaster. Uh, it can be dealt with as it was dealt with after World War II. However, if you make the wrong choices or uh, if chance causes another uh, situation to arise, maybe not a pandemic, maybe uh, some kind of natural disaster or something that requires another great round of spending, uh, well, we've left ourselves wide open to trouble on that front. So, or another big war or something along those lines that causes a, a lot of deficit spending. We, you know, we we can't really take two or three body blows like this in a short period of time. So we have to hope that. Um, you know, we can work our way out of this if we make the right decisions and, and time things correctly. But if, uh, if a few more blows hit us that are unexpected, we could be in deeper trouble. Well, I sure would like to ask you your take on do what, what do you think Congress will do? But we won't do that today. We don't have time. <laughs> we, <okay. laughs> but, but, but let me take it this far, because you just mentioned this whole thought process. And, the, you know, I can remember just five years ago, 2015, August of 2015, we had the crisis with oil and we saw the oil prices go down. Prior to that, oil was in 70, 80, 90, over a $100 range. Would you have thought that we would be talking about oil literally below $20 a barrel and literally people saying we've run out of storage, so here, take this. Here, we can't store anymore, so here. We're, what's the big deal about oil and it, I mean, it's 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 crazy, and I don't understand it, and I'm trying to figure this thing out. What's happening? Should the American normal investor be concerned about oil prices? This is becoming a bigger issue than we would have ever thought in the past. 
Well, it, it is the craziest thing. Uh, you know, I thought the negative interest rates around the world that we saw was pretty crazy. But to see negative oil prices, even though we know it's just a, a, a temporary weird uh, financial thing, it's not re- it's not real in the real world. But it's still, I would have never thought we'd ever see something like that. Uh, so it, it does indicate the level of disruption, as well as kind of the level of financialization of a market like oil. So this is all about the futures market and speculators having too much oil, oil in their hands, now having to pay people to take it off their hands. So it's kind of crazy stuff. But in the long run, uh, you know, we, the oil market is just collapsed because all of us are sitting in our homes not buying gas and not flying airplanes and boats are not you know traveling and trading uh, all over the world. So the oil is not being consumed. So there's been this huge demand hit and the system is struggling on the supply side to reduce the amount of oil being produced to fit in with that. But you know, three months from now, it's probably all going to reverse. And we're probably going to see uh, things going you know, on the upside. For instance, in, in China, uh, gasoline demand is already at 90% of the level it was prior to the virus. Uh-huh. So you've seen a big rebound in China. And one of the things that they've noted there is that one of the rebounds for gasoline demand in China being so strong is because people don't want to travel on public transportation now. So they're driving their cars to work. And so they're burning up more gas. So you can see that in you know three months' time, that's going to translate back over here to the U.S., and things will uh, you know, re- rebound very, very quickly, I think, in the oil patch. You know, Rusty, this is Rusty Leonard I'm talking to. He is the founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners, a dear friend, frequent guest of ours. And, Rusty, in, in a summary statement, as you think about this, you've talked about the virus. Maybe it's peaked. We think it has. You've talked about the fear of, you know, the reality of this massive government spending stimulus bill. What's your take? Give me the summary for our listeners, because you always do a great job in helping us understand not to panic, but to be that optimistic type of investor long term. That's important for us. What are you saying to us today? Well, obviously, the market has had a big recovery. Uh, There's immense liquidity still in the marketplace. So that recovery may surprise us on the upside. It may just keep going. We already have the NASDAQ is positive on a year-to-date basis, even in the midst of this this mess. And so what, what the market is telling you is two things. One, the Federal Reserve has put a lot of money in our pockets. We've got to put it someplace, so we're buying stuff for, even if we don't think we should. And two, that this is a temporary phenomenon and that the, the economy will get back to work and things will return you know, pretty close to normal, if not normal, uh, very quickly. And there's some chance that people should give consideration to that with all that stimulus in the system, the economy may come roaring back and it may be too strong initially. And the Federal Reserve may have to raise rates that come later this year in order to keep the economy from going you know, out of its mind on the upside just because so much stimulus has been thrown at the problem. Well, again, that's uh, that's a uh, that's wise comments. I, you know, Rusty, I so much appreciate what you're doing. You've been listening to Rusty Leonard. He is the founder and CEO, Stewardship Partners, a frequent guest. Rusty, you always give us insight, man. You just deliver, and I appreciate it so much. It's good to know that I listen and I can understand and I hear the true optimism from you, Stan. I appreciate that, and I appreciate what you're sharing with us. So, how about about a couple of weeks? I want to have you back, see how things are going at that stage of the game. As we see, you know, we'll start getting some numbers that'll beginning to be projected for second quarter. I uh, I want to talk to you at that point too. So, have a great day. Be safe, man. Thanks so much. And you as well. Thank you. Rusty Leonard, founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners, and we so much appreciate him being with us. Now, let me talk about this. I said it earlier, and it's happening all over our country, our state, and our city. The scammers are calling, they're texting, they're tweeting, they're emailing, you name it. 
And they're doing everything they can to use the COVID-19 to catch you off guard. My guest, Nancy Crawford, with the Better Business Bureau, is going to help us see. She's going to guide us through what's going on, what she's seeing in Memphis. So, Nancy, welcome to the program. I thank you so much for joining me this morning. Well, thank you for having me, Jim. How are you doing? And we're practicing social distancing. I tell you, this is good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know it. Well, thank you. But let me ask you this. Here in Memphis, are you seeing new scams that's regarding as far as this coronavirus pandemic? Is this, are we seeing it? I know that there's some numbers being talked about, but I want to know from the Better Business Bureau side, what are you guys seeing? We are seeing an uptick of scam reports to our scam tracker page at bbb.org slash scam tracker. Um, If you've never visited that page, it's a great place to go, especially right now, to find out what these crooks are doing. Uh, There's nothing that's new. You know, every scam is just an old scam with repackaging. It's like the latest widget. So if you sell widgets and your competitor starts selling widgets, and they do a better job of marketing or they tweak their widget a little bit, they're getting more interest than you are, then you have to change what you're doing. Scammers know what works, and they tweak their marketing, just like legitimate businesses, to get your attention. And as long as it works, they keep doing it. So not really anything brand new, just some old scams repackaged. You know, I was reading and they they talked about the fact that the three top places is websites. One of them I was seeing that were for workers, these workers that have been laid off or where they're they're looking like the they're trying to, you know, present themselves as their employer and copying everything, making it look like and ask them, say, hey, you're going to have to send us your check and things like that. Or, you know, they're claiming that they can prevent disease. They've got something for you. Or here's one. This really is down my bailiwick is the idea behind the investments. Here's one. It says if we got an investment for you that's safe and guaranteed, are you sensing that? Or are you saying this is just redoing it and now adding the COVID-19 formula to it? And, you know, for most people, Nancy, you said it, that it really does kind of create that fear in you when you put COVID-19 with it. Exactly. And there is so much confusion around this pandemic, around this virus. Um, things are changing on a day-to-day basis. And we know that when something is in the news like this, the crooks come out of the woodwork to try to steal your money or your personal information. They're trying to steal information and money from both consumers and from businesses. Because right now, small businesses, a lot of those have closed. A lot of those have been looking into this CARES Act that has said it's going to have some relief programs, but it's confusing. It's something we don't deal with on a day-to-day basis, and that's what creates the sense of, I'm not sure I know what I'm doing, and that's where the scammers step in and dip their hand into your pocket. So what are we seeing? What kinds of scams? Everything Almost everything coming across our desk 
has a COVID-19 twist. You know, we've all heard of secret shoppers, mystery shoppers. That's a job scam that's been around for a long time. And people who are in the job market who post their resumes on legitimate job sites sometimes get emails from fake companies saying, hey, we need you to be a mystery shopper and we're going to send you a check. You're going to deposit that check. You're going to go shop at this store. And then you're going to evaluate the sales staff. Are they professional? Uh, How long did you have to wait? Did they greet you when you walked up to the register? Things of that nature. Well, now we're seeing scam, secret shopper scams associated with the coronavirus. We had a report from a woman in Memphis who got a letter through the U.S. Post Office. Can we say mail fraud? Wow. And the letter had a phony uh, I'm sorry, $1,980 check in it. It had instructions to go to two different Walmarts and buy $800 in gift cards, 400 at each store. And it said it was part of the COVID-19 supply chain support. So the reason we're sending you into this store to evaluate it is because we want to know how they're dealing with the coronavirus. The evaluation form that they sent you wanted to know if the clerks were wearing face masks, if they were making the the consumers practice social distancing, and what items that store was out of. We know those are all things that are in the news right now. People are supposed to wear masks. Um, You know, that went back and forth for a while, and now they're saying, yes, if you're going to be close to people, you need to be wearing a mask in public. Social distancing, we've all been doing for the last month. And we know that stores are out of certain items, like that elusive toilet paper. Um, So that makes the scam more believable because it's tagged with things that are happening today in the news. And so when people get these fake offers like this, the scammers hope that you'll say, oh, well, I know that all this is going on right now. This this is all plausible. So I should deposit this check and go spend that money on gift cards and give the information to the crooks on the phone. And then you find out the check is no good. The check is fake. You've already spent the $800. They graciously told you to keep the rest of it, but there's actually no money because the check bounced. And so now any money you've spent, you have to pay back to the bank. Yeah, and that's the problem. That that means that's the that's the average $600 per consumer fraud case. That's the problem where somebody's going to get hit. I appreciate you talking about that, somebody here in Memphis, Tennessee. If you just tuned in, my guest, Nancy Crawford from the Better Business Bureau, we're talking about scams. The Coronavirus Act has made coronavirus testing accessible immediately. That's how the scam artist starts, and that's how he leads you. If you want to receive a free testing kit, be delivered overnight to your home. Press 1. If you want to get it free testing, you know, if you want to get it done, somebody coming to you, press 2. It's so simple. Stay with us, because when we come back, how do you avoid it? How do you protect yourselves? She'll be with me. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. 
podcast of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Neither Shoemaker Financial nor Security and Financial Services are affiliated with Rusty Leonard or Stewardship Partners or Nancy Crawford Butcher or Better Business Bureau. The views and opinions expressed are those of Rusty and Nancy only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Security and Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, I'm going to read you something that, uh, you know, is going to help you understand that you just need to be careful. Nancy Crawford is my guest. She's from the Better Business Bureau. We're talking about scams regarding the coronavirus, things that actually happened. Now, listen to this. This is actually a script for a reader that's been copied so that I can use it for you to show you exactly what sounds like a, like a true call. Hello, this is Brad. With an important message regarding the effects of the coronavirus outbreak on your student loans. As you may have already heard, President Trump invoked his power as commander in chief by declaring a national emergency due to the widespread impact of COVID-19. New measures will include waiving interest on your federal student loans until further notice. During this time, our offices have continued to maintain full staffing and will continue to do so until further notice. For more information on how these new measures will impact your future payment obligations, call us back today at Before 6 and thanks and have a great day. Guess what? I mean, that if I got a student loan, I might just step right into that. And that's a scam. It is indeed. And we have had several reports of people getting text messages or robocalls, recorded messages about their student loans and about the fact that this is a great time for you to take advantage of this emergency fund. And it's all just made up. It's all just a scam. It's intended to get your personal information. Because if you call that number back, they're going to say, okay, well, we need to know uh, your student loan number. We need your personal information, your banking information, so that we can stop those automatic payments. All of it is just a, a ruse to steal your information. It's amazing. So, Nancy. It, it really is. You know, and my concern, Nancy, is how can someone, give us that word of wisdom that you always do, how can someone protect themselves from becoming a $600, $2,000, whatever number, victim? Be skeptical. Be very skeptical of miracle cures and things that say they can treat cure or prevent the coronavirus. The FDA, FTC, and Department of Justice have already landed on companies and websites marketing products that they say can help you get rid of or avoid the coronavirus. Not true. Um, Watch out for bogus offers of government grants and stimulus payments. Yes, we know the government is giving us stimulus payments right now. We know that they're $1,200 and $500 per child. Keep those numbers in mind because the crooks want you to contact them and, again, give you personal, give them your personal information so that they can get you 
up to $300,000 in emergency funding. Not true. Um, check out any seller, vendor, or website at bbb.org and look for reviews on Google before you do business with anyone. Fraudulent websites are selling face masks, home testing kits, even some vaccines. So you need to know that if you are looking for a face mask or toilet paper or hand sanitizer or any of those products that are hard to come by right now, and you end up on a site you've never heard of before, stop before you enter your credit card information. Give us a call. Let us check it out for you. Sometimes see, just seeing how long a website has been active is a big red flag, and that's public information that we can help you find. When was that website created? Was it just created in the last month or two? Probably a phony. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, Nancy, you always do a great job. Bottom line is be skeptical. I like what you said. There are people that are naturally skeptical. We need to take a dose of skepticism right now on anything that you might even think for the hint that it possibly could be a scam. My guest, Nancy Crawford. Nancy, always great to have you. Thank you. We'll have you back in a couple of weeks because I'd like to, again, find out what's continuing to happen because scammers, crooks, don't go away. And that's good, Nancy. Thank you so much. Have a great day, lady. Thank you. You too. Nancy Crawford with the Better Business Bureau. Scam Tracker. That's bbb.scamtracker.org. I believe that's what she said. If not, just go to BBB. You can look for Scam Tracker. Get more information about it. Bottom line is we never can, never can get too skeptical during this time when it comes to being a scam. I mean, guys, this is, you just hate to be scammed. Nobody likes to be money just go away because you just were not paying attention. Well, guess what? One of the biggest problems we have with stress today, you know what? The five top five, well, death of a loved one's number one, no surprise to anybody. And that's what's going on with a lot of people. Divorce is number two. Major illness, the fear of the coronavirus is number four. Moving career, major illness. And number five, Job loss. Well, guess what? My guest coming up after this is going to be Scott Jordan and Shannon Dyson. We're going to talk about ways for you to go through this viral, you know, this environment of a job loss or being laid off and money and changes. We're going to talk about budgeting. We're going to talk about how to present yourself, how to make sure that you do a good resume if you're going to go out and be in that, you know, job search again. And we bottom line is we're going to spend some time on giving you some optimism on what's going on, that it will get better. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. From November 1942 to May 1943, the B-17 Flying Fortress strategic bomber we know as the Memphis Bell completed 25 combat missions in German-held territory, making it one of the first such aircraft to do so. After arriving at Dow Field in Bangor, Maine, she was deployed temporarily to Prestwick, Scotland, and then to her permanent base in Basingbourne, England. As part of the 324th Bomb Squadron, the Memphis Bell bombed numerous targets in France, Holland, and Germany in the first two years of Americans' involvement in the war. 
For the remainder of the war, the plane and crew toured the United States to sell war bonds. After the war, although the city of Memphis attempted to preserve the aircraft for posterity, weather, vandalism, and theft left the Memphis Bell in a state of severe disrepair. The plane has since been disassembled and relocated to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, where it is undergoing an extensive restoration that will preserve it for many years to come. This has been another Mid-South History Moment brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, I told you before the break that bottom line is the top five or, you know, we, we kind of go through that with death and we end up with the idea of being unemployment. Top five that cause you stress and anxiety. Well, guess what? That's real. There is no way around that. You've been working for a long time. You find yourself going at it, and all of a sudden we have a pandemic. Your employer says, I've got to change. You've got some benefits coming in. But then you've got to think, I've got to go out and find a new job. Well, in reality, the Department of Labor says 18% jobless rate is what they're expecting this new number to be. And it says it could go to 20 25%. You know, here's a, some data that I had some people to give to me, and I thought it was great. It said 98,000 travelers travelers went through the TSA screening at the U.S. airports as of last week. 98,000. During the same week a year ago, you ready for this? 2.6 million. Wow. (laughs) My guest, Scott Jordan, Shannon Dyson. Guys, it's a bad deal. It is. It's great to be here, Jim. I mean, it's, uh, you know, and and it is a stressful experience. It is. is. Talk about it for me, Scott. Well, you know, you you mentioned in, in, in right before the break the kind of the top five stressors being, you know, death, divorce, losing a family. Well, job loss is right up there. It's an extremely stressful time. Uh, you know, whether it's a layoff or being furloughed, it's it's kind of usually comes. It, it's a shocking experience. It kind of comes out of nowhere, and it can just be extremely stressful. Um, I think males get an extra dose of it because we wrap a lot of our self esteem up in our ability to be successful and have a job. So it's it's just a really tough time to go for through a lot of emotions, hurt, you know, betrayal, shame, all those things, and that can lead to irrational decisions and really bad decisions. So it's important uh, when you find yourself in that situation to give yourself time to process and gain perspective before making any major decisions. All right. Before making any major decisions, Scott, I understand that that's that you have to back off because you can get caught up in depression. You can absolutely zang down all that stuff. So I know for me, I caught myself just being fatigued sometimes. Yes. And I can tell I'm not making good decisions when I'm just wore out. I understand that. Now, if I add depression and anxiety and stress and family looking at me, what are you doing to do 
You make a ton of mistakes during that. I just know I would. So I think it's important. So let me ask you some money management, just basic money management. Forget the fact that we're unemployed. You know, okay? Now, I'm not, we're coming back to that, but just give us some basics that we should just apply all the time, but especially during this time. Well, you know, we talk about this a lot, kind of the big five, spend less than you earn, avoid the use of debt, you know, build margin or liquidity, save, save for long-term, set long-term goals, and then also give generously. That's kind of those five basic money management principles that we lay out for any time. Now, some of those are going to be tough when you find yourself in a situation, you know, spend less than you earn. That's easy, but when you're not earning money, you may not be able to adhere to that one. But these principles still apply for the long-term goals. You know what somebody was telling me, and I think you said the last one was give generously. Some people yeah. say, well, is that financial? No, it's really not. I mean, you can do things sometimes that you don't even think about. I had someone that was telling me that he was delivering toilet paper to some people that he knew they couldn't get out. And, and the bottom line was, he said, I'm just giving back. Yes. And, and, you know, and it was it was great for his. I could tell he was involved in it. He was giving back to people. Just, I mean, you know, you don't think about it. But when you've got people that they order their groceries, it's delivered, and they say, I'm sorry, we're out of toilet paper. Right. Well, right. you know, here they're going, I'm out of toilet paper. You know, they're so they're, they, you know, and that becomes a big <laughs> issue. I mean, so, of all things. I mean, who would have thought? <laughs> but, but the reality, this person said, hey, he knew some senior citizens, mm-hmm. some ladies, that he knew this was a concern, and he said, this is the way I can give back. So if you've got yourself into a depressed mode, step back and say, what can I do right. for other people at this time? It's amazing how it affects you. Absolutely. It's amazing Absolutely. what you're doing. All of a sudden, you don't look at all your problems. You start looking at other people. I know the first time that I ended up in a cancer center, I was in MD Anderson, and I'm just diagnosed with cancer. I'm going through this whole thought. I mean, oh, poor me, get that, all that stuff. I walked into the cancer center, the, the infusion. I call it the confusion. The Because <laughs> cancer brains don't really. don't. Right. But, but the infusion center, and I'm going, huh, I am in great shape. I walked in. How many people are literally struggling? So yeah. I ask everybody, to, as you're listening today, think about what can you do at this time? For other people. And I think another uh, positive. Well, let me introduce you yeah. first, since I said everybody, Shannon Dyson was here. But Shannon Dyson, welcome to the program. I am here. It's nice to be <laughs> needs here. Needs no introduction. Thanks for he having me back. No, he's, remember last week he said, I got my chair? Yeah. Yep. Still didn't see my chair, but that's okay. Uh, one of the, one I think one of the positive things that, that come from this, and Scott mentioned it, even for those of us that are for unemployed and for those of us who are not unemployed, um, this time is kind of acting like a, a reset button on our finances. Yes. And so you're, you're learning that maybe um, some of your spending habits were not exactly what they should have been. Yeah. And then you're realizing, I could have really been saving a lot more money over right. these years. And so when you do get back into the job force, maybe you've had some time to think through that and you're in a better position you know, when you move forward. Yes. You know, I hate to say this. I'm in the process of projects. You know, I mean, I'm doing those projects that should have been done 10 years ago. And now I've got that, you know, my, I should show you a picture of my uh, study at the house. I have a, a library. I've collected books over the years. I have this, and I'm, I'm a reader, so I, you know, like to read, and I have more than I should have. So I started saying, okay, I'm going to pull books off the shelf. So I've decided that, you know, what I've determined, Shannon, right into what you're saying is I spend way too much money on books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, after I got to the 14th box, yeah. I'm thinking, 
Man, that's just a problem. <laughs> yeah. I, we all have our issues. <laughs> I'm addicted to books. So, I, I, you know, that's the, that's a great point. So let me ask you this. You know, Shannon, talk about the CARS Act, the expanding the cover unemployed. Co- Tell me about what's going on with that right now. Yeah, so under the CARES Act, uh, if you are unemployed, one of the things that, that was passed um, is that there's an additional $600 per week in benefit uh, being paid to unemployed people. So uh, that was something that was passed again back in back at the end of March. So if you are unemployed, uh, that should be taking effect. Uh, we were, you know, there are some anecdotal evidence of people actually seeing that extra money now. So uh, that's something to be looking forward to as well. Okay, so be sure. And if you hadn't filed for your unemployment, Shannon, you you both of you guys are saying get that done now. Absolutely, it can take some time to get that process. So you want to get that ball rolling as soon as absolutely possible. Yeah, we were talking to someone yesterday that that was just something. Don't put it off. Yep. It may not be as hard as you think it's going to be. It shouldn't be, but because it's uh, it is something. That could, but it will take a, a little bit of a process, and and we want to make sure that everybody under, understands that. Um, Shannon, let me ask you this. What about the benefits? A person's unemployed. What about benefits? What do they do? So we've seen a couple different uh, uh, issues. Uh, business owners, uh, some business owners have to furlough employees or lay them off for this time period. Uh, many are keeping health benefits active for their employees. And so while they may not be working, their health benefits are still active for their employees. Uh, or for their employees. But if you find yourself in a position where you've been laid off and your insurance was... Uh, terminated. Um, a couple different things. If you have COBRA rights, meaning you work for a company that has 20 or more employees, you can actually continue your current coverage uh, for a period of 18 months. If you work for a smaller company, uh, that opens you up for a qualifying event, loss of coverage to go back to healthcare.gov, and you can find plans on healthcare.gov. Uh, if you're now unemployed, your income will be such that you'll probably get a pretty large tax credit. Uh, so don't think that it's too expensive. You need to go on there and check it out. If you've got questions, Shannon can answer those for you. And there's tons of times that people just need that little extra guide. 757-5757 is how you talk to either one of these two guys, Shannon or Scott. But the point is, don't don't not hesitate. Send us an email, talkbuddy at shoemakerfinancial.com. Don't hesitate. We'll try our best to guide you through some of this maze. It, it may appear to be a little overwhelming, but uh, these guys are experts at it and know how to do that. So I think it's important that you process that. I think, Scott, I want to ask you this question because I think people, you mentioned it, male, that testosterone level, but all of us, uh, male or female, go through that process. Mm -hmm. How about communicating it with family? That's not easy to do. No, it's not at all. And I think, you know, a lot of people tend to withdraw during those stressful times. And I think it's important to stay connected with friends and family, stay active in church. I mean, you mentioned, you know, volunteering, doing things, doing things like that. You know, first of all, that can give you the support you need during a difficult time, but it can also open up some opportunities. Now, again, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to share that they're in an unemployed situation, but sharing that with a lot of a lot of people staying connected with friends, families, other, other opportunities can open up for you that you didn't know existed. So I think that's critical during these times. To I want to really make sure that everybody understands when you reach out, it's just a natural instinct that when you're touching others, 
you feel better. Yes. And I yes. think that's what I want to encourage everybody listening. Sit out and say, okay, let me think about what can I do for my neighbor down the street, for the ministry that I've worked with, all of those things that help and understanding. That creates that optimism. It does. You know, this crisis is unique in that, you know, most of the time when we're going through a major crisis, you think back to a 9-11, it, those kind of things have tended to bring us closer together. And this one has kind of forced us apart. So... You know, connecting is a little more difficult during this crisis no than it question. has been in the past. So you have to really reach out and, and do that to get that going. Last but not least, and I, Scott, I want to ask you this. This is a time to take advantage of really evaluating skill sets and resume. Talk it through is. that for me. If, it you're, is. So, if you happen to be middle-aged and you're thinking, okay, I've got to compete with this 30-year-old, uh, you know, and I don't— how do you put that together? I know somebody's asked about the fact that if I'm 50, have I got to compete with a 30-year? Talk about what to do, because I still think the 50-year-old brings a lot to the Absolutely. table. Absolutely. You know, that that's a good point, Jim, because severance pay, unemployment benefits, those things won't last forever. So, it, it, you know, take advantage of this opportunity to really evaluate things, evaluate your skills, you know, network with as many people as possible. Uh, talking about the the person that's all we had a specific question about that you know that that can be very intimidating and fearful but we were strong going into this I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities coming out of this uh, but I, w- I would encourage people to get coaching you know uh, you know brush up on your resume reach out to some resources that can teach you how to make that resume really appealing and then uh, you know networking I think networking again is is a great opportunity during you know this last week we had Richard Redmond on from career transition and you can go to careertransitions.org or call Richard at the office. That's a great opportunity to get some coaching, some guidance. This is a lot of retired people that have brought all those resources together for the person who finds himself Unemployed at this point. Right. I like what you said, though. This will pass. This the, will the pass. The economy, as Rusty said earlier, is going to push its way back, going to move it in the right direction. Yeah. You know, it's hard to stay optimistic during those times, but I, I think if you can if you can really look back and see this as an opportunity to possibly land in a better position than you had before, something that you enjoy doing a little bit more. So, and that's the key. Is yeah. Don't don't. So, I mean, we have. A, I know it's easy. Yep. I, yeah, I have to admit, I, I worked from home Monday, and you know what I did? I, I hate to admit that. Well, I shouldn't tell you this. I really, <laughs> you know, I didn't shave. I just oh, got my up goodness. and oh, I my goodness. put on. I mean, I kind of, I wasn't really mentally in the office. Even though I was working, you know, but I thought, boy, I could get caught up in this. That's that's a good point. I think it's important to to keep those routines that you have. Perhaps. You know, you know, get up. You know, the hygiene, do the things that you normally do. And establish <laughs> practice routine. Good hygiene. Well, I don't Come know, on, Jim. I, <laughs> I'm just trying to coach you a I little just bit here. <laughs> you know, I've done my best to have that routine, and I've yes. stayed at home a couple of days and yes. working from home. Yesterday, I was at home sitting on a Zoom call, trying to be a normal routine. But in your normal routine, you don't have your 16-year-old son sitting across the table that's right. and making faces at you and that's making right. fun of how you're talking. That's, that's so. right. That's right. All the right. joys of working at home, right? Well, you've been listening to Talk Money, and I so much appreciate these guys. We're talking about unemployment. We're talking about CARES Act. You've been listening to The Voice, KWAM 990. 
FM 107.9. My guest, Rusty Leonard of Stewardship Partners, Nancy Crawford from the Better Business Bureau, Scott Jordan and Shannon Dyson from Shoemaker Financial. If you have additional questions for Scott or Shannon, and you'd like to talk with them personally, you can call them at 757-5757. We hope you've enjoyed today's program. Thanks for listening. As always, we do appreciate it. If you have questions, you can send them to Talk Money. Send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thanks for listening. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Thank you.